what we're going to be talking about this morning to continue with this theme of worship. Um, we think of worship sometimes as this, right? When we come to the building on Sunday mornings and we lift up songs and praise to him. And of course, that is worship. There is no argument there. But what I want to look at this morning for just a few minutes is what are some of the different ways that we worship? Because it's not just when we're here and when we're at the building and when we're singing songs. It is also a couple of different areas of our lives that we can look at where we can truly worship him. So again, a lot of times we think of being here in the morning and singing songs and coming to the building, but what I want to look at for just a few minutes this morning is to take a look at what are some other ways that we are truly putting God first in our lives, and what are some other ways that we are truly able to worship him? I'm blessed enough that I have a full-time job that I get to come to this church every single day, and a lot of times it is every single day, and I get to spend time in the Word and prepare lessons and work with these amazing young people, and I get to do things that kind of keep me God-focused on an everyday basis. But what about those of you who don't have that opportunity? What about those of you who are teachers and accountants and all of the many other wonderful things that we do? How do we continue to put God first how do we continue to worship God even when we're not here on Sunday morning? And that's exactly what we're going to take a look at this morning. What I want to do is share a couple of Bible stories with you, and they're not new Bible stories, I don't think, for most of us. They're going to be pretty common stories. But what we want to look at is how not only did they use these stories as worship to God, but how do we apply that to our lives as well? The first thing we're going to look at is we are going to look at worship through humbling. Now, if you brought your Bible this morning or if you didn't, you can, you can pull out your Bible app, you can pull out your phones, uh, or there's Bibles in the pews as well, but I would love for you to either follow along in your Bible or I've also provided the scriptures for you on the screen, but we're going to start out in Luke chapter 7, and we're going to start out reading verses 37 and 38. So Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 37, and it says, a woman in that town who lived a sinful life, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, and she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. Now, this is a pretty common story for most of us, I think. This is the story of Jesus eating dinner with the Pharisees, and here came this, this woman who was considered a sinful woman, and she came and humbled herself before Jesus. So she came along and cleaned Jesus' feet and poured perfume on them and poured oil on him and some of the things that were kind of the tradition of the day. So when this happened, what we find is we find that the other people kind of got upset. The other people that were at the table, and we're not going to take the time to read the whole scripture, but the other people at the table were like, if you were really a prophet, you would know that this is a sinful woman. What are you doing? Why would you bless her? Why would you speak to her? Why would you be at the table with her? And what we find through the scripture is Jesus takes a look at everybody else at the table and says, well, wait a minute. Did you honor me in the same ways that she honored me? Don't we often do the same thing? We're so busy pointing at everybody else that we're not paying attention to what we're doing. So my question is, do we truly humble ourselves as a form of worship to God? Sometimes we do, and maybe sometimes that we don't. But I'll give you a perfect example. I love nothing more. I watch a lot of sports. You guys, know, Those of you who know me, I watch probably too much sports. 
Maybe not right now because I'm in school and I don't have time for sports, but I love to watch sports. And what I really love is when somebody accomplishes something great and they turn that glory back to God. We may not be athletes, but do we do that same thing? When the good things happen in our lives, do we turn to God and humble ourselves before him and give him the credit and give him the glory? Or do we take it on ourselves? Right? Because that's human nature. We all want that recognition and we all want that praise. But do we remember to turn that praise back to God? Because that's something we can do in our daily lives to point people to Jesus, right? Is to give that credit back to him. So when we humble ourselves, just like this woman did, that can be a form of worship. Because again, it's not just singing songs on Sunday morning. There's lots of ways that we can worship him. And being humble is a great way to start. The next one I want to look at, and Brother Ron just touched on this a few minutes ago as well, is going to be worship through giving. So flip in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 12, and we're going to start out in verse 41. So Mark chapter 12, verse 41. And it reads, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more money into the treasury than all of the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything she had to live on. So each Sunday morning, when we have a chance to come together, we have a chance to give an offering. And we do that kind of on a regular basis. But do we really take the time to think of our offering as not just a monetary donation to keep the lights on and to keep the air conditioning on and for us to have this beautiful building that we have? Or do we look at that as a way to honor and to worship God? I don't know. Are we guilty of that sometimes? We may be. And when we give our offering, do we give what's convenient and what's easy? Or do we step out in faith and say, you know what, I'm going to give just a little bit more and see what God does with that? Because we know what happens when we give it all to God, right? He gives it back tenfold. So I want us to really stop and think when we do our offering or when we're giving money to other organizations or whatever the case may be that are Christ-centered organizations, are we looking at that simply from the standpoint of parting with our money? Or are we looking at the standpoint of this is my way of honoring and worshiping God? Because the Bible tells us that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So are we giving out of cheer and out of the right frame of mind? Or are we simply giving because the basket's going to come by, I got to put something in it? Or I got to go online and do my online offering. Do we do it grudgingly? Or do we do it as a form of worship to God. The next one I want to look at is worship through sacrifice. Now, this is way back in the book of Genesis, way back where it all began, and this is the story of Abraham. And again, this is not a new story for most of you, but we know that Abraham wanted for a very, very, very long time to have a child. And we all know the backstory of that, that he, he at some points couldn't even wait long enough for God to come through for him. And that's a whole story for a whole other day. But what happened when God says to Abraham, hey, I know you've been waiting for a son for all these years, but you know what? I'm going to ask you to go up on the mountain and sacrifice that son. 
Now, for those of you who are parents in the audience, I can't even imagine what Abraham was going through at this point. He had waited all this time to have a son. He finally has one that he loves more than anything in the world, and now God says, you know what? I'm going to ask you to give it up. So I'm going to send you up on the mountain, and I want you to sacrifice. So let's jump into the story at Genesis chapter 21, starting in verse 12. Now, just to set the scene, Abraham has done exactly what God has instructed him to do, right? He has built this altar. He has brought his son to the, to the, to the altar, and he's ready to sacrifice his son, just as God had told him to do. He's there. He's standing over his son with the knife. I'm sure shaking and trembling and probably even crying. And I can't even imagine what the son is thinking at this point, right? But Abraham, being faithful to what God had told him to do, is at the point where he is literally ready to sacrifice his son. And chapter 12 picks up and says, Do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. So see, when we sacrifice things, When we give things up that are important to us, that is a form of worship to God. Now, thankfully, we'll never be asked to do what Abraham did, right? Because I don't know how you even begin to think that you could do something like that. But what are the things in our lives that we need to sacrifice to please God? Abraham was willing to give his son. But yet sometimes we're not willing to give up things in our life, right? Because we don't like to give things away. We like to keep things for ourselves. Maybe it's money that we need to give. Maybe it's things in our lives that don't need to be there that we need to give. I don't know what those things are in your life or my life, but we all have them. And when we sacrifice things, when we give away things that mean something to us, things that are important to us to please God, We're worshiping God. It's not easy. We don't like to talk about giving things away, right? Nobody likes that. But that's a great way to show God that you are first in my life, that I am truly worshiping you in everything that I do when I get rid of those things in my life that shouldn't be there. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe we're addicted to things that are not good for us, that we know we shouldn't be doing. When we give those up, not only are we doing the right thing, but we're telling God, look, I love you enough to sacrifice this. And that's what I love about Abraham, is he was so faithful to what God was telling him to do, he was ready to sacrifice his son. And I believe had God not stopped him, he probably would have. But yet we struggle to give up the things in our lives that we know we need to give up. But when we do, we're worshiping God. The last thing I want to talk about is surrender. And if you have your Bibles out, turn with me to Luke chapter 22, verse 41 to 43, and read with me. It says, He withdrew about a stone's throw away 
beyond them. He knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing to take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And it says, an angel from heaven opened to him and appeared to him, excuse me, and strengthened him. So we know this story as well, right? This is just before Christ was to be arrested and taken to the cross. And he gives us the perfect example of surrender. Jesus was a powerful guy. And I believe he could have stopped this process. He could have ran from this process. He could have hid from this process. He could have delayed this process in some way, shape, or form. We often hear it said he could have called down 10,000 angels to stop what was about to happen. Because he was a human. And he was going through that phase of, wow, I know what's about to happen, and it's not good. But what did he do? He surrendered himself to God and said, hey, it's your will, not mine. You know, I went through a time in my life that I'm not proud of. And I went through a time in my life where I was going against everything I'd ever been taught and doing my own thing. It was not a good time in my life. And looking back, I wish I could have avoided that. And one of the reasons that I went into youth ministry in the first place is if I can help other kids to avoid those mistakes that I made, then I want to do that. But I went through a time in my life where I wasn't putting God first. Matter of fact, God wasn't even on the radar. But thankfully, he continued to work in my life until I was at a point where I was ready to surrender everything to him and say, look, God, it's all about you. And I had to stop the things that I was doing. And I had to get rid of some of the people that I was hanging out with and push those people out of my life. But I had to surrender to him. And you know, sometimes we just have to do the things that aren't easy. And we have to make those decisions in our lives where we say, look, God, I know what I should be doing, but it's not what I'm doing. But if we want to truly show worship to him, and we want to truly show that we love him, we have to do those things. And maybe you're not in the position that I was in where you've completely walked away and the pendulum has completely swung to the other side. But maybe it's time to recommit ourselves to worshiping God in all that we see or do. And we do that through surrender and saying, God, it's your will, not mine. I've been studying the Old Testament lately. We all know the story of Jonah and what happened to him when he didn't listen to what God was telling him to do, right? He spent three days in the belly of a fish. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. I'm not even sure how logistically that works, but I'm sure it wasn't pleasant for him because I'm sure it was disgusting and it was <laughs> tight quarters and it was, I can't even imagine what that was like. But we know what happens when we don't surrender to God. When we try and say, no God, it's about me, it's about my way and not your way. So maybe this morning you have a decision to make. Maybe you have to make that decision that you haven't been worshiping God in everything that you do. We're all crazy, busy people, right? We live in Orange County, which means most of us, both parents are working in the household. Maybe some of us are blessed not to have to do that, but most of us, we're both working, and we both go off to a job every day, and we're raising kids, or we're in school, or we have other activities that we're a part of. 
So we have to look for those ways to worship God in everything that we do. And these are just a few examples. There are tons of other examples that we could go through of ways to worship God other than just Sunday morning. But what I want to encourage you this morning is to look for those ways in your life. Whether it's humbling yourself, whether it's taking a look at your giving, whether it's taking a look at some things in your life that maybe you need to sacrifice to make time for God, or whether you just need to re-surrender yourself to him and say, God, you are the most important. You are number one in my life. And I want to recommit that to you. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for this opportunity that we've had to come to this place this morning to sing songs of praises up into you. And Heavenly Father, we pray this morning that you will help us just look for ways in our lives that we can continue to worship you after we leave these doors today, Heavenly Father. Help us to look for ways to always be pointing to you, to point others to you, and to truly worship you in all that we see and do. Heavenly Father, we thank you for loving us so incredibly much that you are willing to send your son. We thank you so much for all that you blessed us with and for this beautiful place that we live and this amazing church family that meets here on Sunday mornings. So Heavenly Father, we ask that you would just be with us this morning and help us to look for those ways to glorify you in all that we do. We thank you so much for sending your son. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. In just a moment, we are going to sing another song with One by One. And if you are at a point in your life where you would like to be baptized, the baptistry is ready, it's warm, it's clean, it's ready to go. There is no reason for you to leave here this morning without getting that taken care of. Or maybe you're a Christian and you have fallen away like I did at one point in my life. And you want to come back this morning and say, God, I want to worship you in everything that I do because you are truly the most important thing to me. If you would come forward this morning, myself and the elders are here to assist you with that. We can pray with you and help you to get your life back on track before you leave here this morning. If you would, would you stand with me and sing? Over all the earth, you reign on high, every mountain stream, every sunset sky, but my one request, Lord, my only aim is that you reign. to have you. Thanks for what you do for Pepperdine and promoting the university. There's a table. 
that's right outside the doors there. I'm sure one or two of these folks will be there. They'd love to share information with you about the university, especially for those of you who are coming to college age. Even if you're in college, it's a possibility to transfer. Um, it's easier to get in as a sophomore than a freshman, just let me tell you that. But nonetheless, I, I appreciate you guys coming and being a part of our service today. Thank you so much. It's a blessing having you here. Thanks.